0: It's game day. Tonight, the Nashville Predators play their first home game of the season against Ellie Tolvanen and the Seattle Kraken. On today's Locked on Predators, I am joined by Locked on Kraken host and great friend Erica Ayella as we talk about our team's respective off-seasons, goaltending, and our players to watch in tonight's game. All that's coming up on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked on Predators podcast and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, must start our episode with a special shout out to our Locked on Heads, our everyday listeners who tune in and share a part of your day with us. We love talking about Predators hockey with you and as always, we thank you so much for your support. Also want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at the Hockey News, and I am usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan. But today, I'm going to be joined by one of my favorite guests, Erica Ayella. Erica is the host of Locked On Kraken, and when she and I get together to Squadcast, it is always a great time. Erica and I are going to get you all caught up before tonight's game between the Predators and the Kraken. We're going to talk about the team's two very different rosters, the biggest challenges these teams have carried over into the regular season, and we're going to make some pretty interesting game day predictions. So I am joined now by our great friend Erica Ellis. She is the host of Locked On Kraken. Erica, you know there is nothing that delights me more than hanging out with you and talking hockey and all the other things that we cover when we get together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to be back. And I love when we have an opportunity to squad cast.
0: <laughs> I know I like to call it squid cast with you, but we'll we'll stick with squad cast. Yeah. So- squid We're all good. (laughs) We're all good. So just going to jump right in and get some information from you on the Seattle Kraken. I want to go back a ways. Let's look back a little bit in time. Tell me, were you surprised at all by what the Kraken were able to do in the postseason? And what were the keys to that success that they had? I think they caught a lot of people off guard. Did they catch you off guard? So if you're asking
1: if they caught me off guard in the postseason, I would say no. But I would say that they definitely surprised me, pleasantly surprised me by being a 100-point team, by having the success that they did in the regular season to get to the postseason. And in particular, bless his heart, Martin Jones was so great and clutch for us. It wasn't always the smoothest ride, but... You know what? A win is a win. And Martin Jones was a part of all of those. I know that he uh, last I checked, he was on the waiver wire and was waived by Toronto. So sad. But um. so that that surprised me more. I had the Seattle Kraken finishing like fifth in mm-hmm. the um, or at, like at their best finishing fifth in the Pacific division. And we finished uh fourth overall, got a, a wild card spot. So um, yeah, not so much surprised in the postseason. And if anything, there were some things that I think we did in the regular season that it's the postseason; People are tired, the, right. st- the stakes are raised. Um, and I, I think that if they had just, hit the gas a little bit more that maybe they could have gotten over the hump in round two. But no, I wouldn't say I was surprised in the postseason, but definitely in the regular season.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned Martin Jones. There are some changes that have happened to this roster over the offseason. Walk us through what are some of the biggest changes with the Seattle Kraken roster? And how do you see that kind of playing out into 2023-24?
1: I think another thing that was a big storyline for the Seattle Kraken last year was that our quote unquote fourth line was actually our most steady and productive line for a decent amount of that first half of the season. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about changes, we, (laughs) much to my disappointment, didn't really activate as much as I would have liked to in the last two free agency periods. Um, Ron Francis, our general manager, definitely is taking a more conservative approach. So we didn't see big splashes there. but what we did see is some exits, some pretty key exits right. that I think with just one game in, I think we're going to have to figure out how they how the chips fall. But effectively, our fourth line, Ryan Donato, Morgan Geeky, and Daniel Sprung no longer with the team. And if you are a listener of Locked on Kraken, hey Locked on Kraken listeners, then you know that I did some quick math. This is before all the boy math, girl math thing was a thing. So we, we started the trends. I don't know. But um, we did some quick math on Locked on Kraken and calculated the goals and overall points that those three offered and then the points that players like Kyler Yamamoto, Brian Dumoulin, and Pierre-Edouard Belmar were bringing in and we are negative points just going off last season. And so that was a concern for me. That being said, we're also plus a healthy Andre Burakovsky. We're plus an entire season with Ellie Tolvanen. So will it balance out? We don't know yet, but those are just some of the things that looking as we were heading into preseason, that were some things that I was focused on. And we mentioned Martin Jones, another thing, and we were talking a little bit off air about this is that I've been saying at Locked on Kraken that the goaltending competition not only was likely going to be very high, but absolutely needed to be. We really needed to push to see who were going to be our two netminders. Philip Grubauer was great for us in the playoffs Huge. and massive. And we, we saw Martin Jones peter out a little about after his early work. And then we saw Joy Decord and we talked about this on another squid cast squad When we were talking about AHL hockey, Joey Decord was amazing for the firebirds. And yeah. here we are <laughs> one season in and it's Philip Grubauer And Joey Decord and Chris Drieger coming off his ACL injury and surgery was uh, put on waivers and now is with the Coachella Valley Firebirds.
0: Yeah. So how do you see, talking about Grubauer and talking about, uh, not Donato, I'm sorry to bring that up, Decord, I'm sorry. I know. (laughs) Joey Decord, how do you see them splitting time? Is it like a 1A, 1B? Do you have a clear starting goaltender? How is that all going to pan out for the Kraken?
1: It's a great question. I think coming into the season, the the presumption is that, especially after his performance in the postseason, that this is Philip Grubauer's net and that yeah. Joey DeCord brings an exciting, younger, kind of fun game alongside that. I don't think that we're going to necessarily see an equitable split, or I should say that's what I thought before our first game of the season. Um, and I can probably get into why I have maybe some reservations, but my gut is we're only one game in. So we're talking super early returns, super small, as in almost a zero sample size, but I do think we'll see Philip Grubauer in net the most. And then Joey Decord here sparingly, particularly that we don't have too many um, back-to-backs or kind of short turnarounds, but right. in situations like that where the teams may be on the road for an extended stretch, I think we'll see. Uh,
0: that's probably when Joey Dax will get his time. Time. And you would do it differently. Go ahead and go out there. You seem I, like maybe you have a different
1: idea. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's a little bit touch and go for me uh, right now. Where I'm at with the Seattle Kraken in goaltending and really everything else is, and I've been saying this on the show, we have to have a tight leash. And I do think that Ron Francis is on board with that more so than we've seen in years past. But this is a team that made it to the second round of the playoffs. That was yeah. one win away from the Western Conference finals. Uh, and no one thought we would be there. So there's a lot of pressure. And I believe it was Vince Dunn that said there's even kind of internalized pressure from the team to really want to move forward. The team is not thinking like, look at us. We made it to the second round in year two. They're like, we lost in game seven. Mm, yeah. That's very That's a. Yeah. Very different, very different. And so there's really this drive to want to push. And so with that said, again, the competition, I think, is a good and healthy thing. That being said, I want open communication uh, always. But I do think that the issues that Philip Grubauer has had putting aside his injuries, which is why we didn't see him as much last year, were not really all Philip. But Mm. definitely a part of the Seattle Kraken not buying in completely on defense. And again, early returns, we only have one game. But if I'm being honest, I started to see a little bit of, of that Seattle Kraken yeah. opposed to an all-in by committee with great four checking, which was really our bread and butter last year. And the reason I feel that that impacts goaltending is because that puts a lot of pressure on goaltenders we saw against the Vegas golden Knights in our first game their home opener and banner raising celebration coming straight out the massive slap machine uh, on the ice but um we saw that Philip Grubauer early in that game had breakaway opportunities that he he had to stave off and did not right. always do so I don't think that's fair to a goaltender and that has to come from more discipline from the skaters, and so that's why I do think that a more equitable split, if we see that version of the Seattle Kraken, would benefit the team overall, but especially kind of how Philip Grubauer and his overall demeanor is. I think he needs a little bit of a break from that sometimes. And if I'm being honest, I think he he has earned and deserved a little <laughs> bit of a, a break, a reprieve. Like, oh, they don't have their things together. No, thank you. I will sit here and open the door. <laughs>
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah. something to be said about that for the goaltender getting what he deserves. I have to bring up a player. You mentioned him in passing, you know, it is the, it is the Voldemort of the Nashville predators. um, Ellie Tolvanen predators fans absolutely love this young kid. Of course, placed on waivers. It was a huge to do. It will always be a huge hitch in the giddy up here in Nashville, Saw him really kind of flourish with the Seattle Kraken. What do you expect to see from him this season? How do you think Dave Haxtell views him, and how might he use him this season? Break well, it to us gently.
1: <laughs> well, if if you are truly Ellie tolvenin fans and uh, on board with him being happy and just playing with joy then I think you would have been very excited to see him at preseason. He yeah. was jovial. He was having fun, but also shooting the lights out of the puck. Like he looked in great form. I said this to our subtext group last night, watching the game, his line with Bjorkstrand and Yanni Gord, Oliver Bjorkstrand and Yanni Gord. It looked the most, you know, game ready to me last night and throughout preseason. I think Ellie Tolvanen, and like you said, I alluded to this and it's actually something Ron Francis said. He's like, you know, I uh, Ron said to media, I'd be lying if I felt we were exactly where we needed to be, which I was like, yes, Ron, please tell the truth. Yeah. Um, because I feel this way too. Um, So justification, I know what I'm talking about on Lockdown Kraken, but um but then he mentioned explicitly that one of the things that the Seattle Kraken did not benefit from last year was having Ellie in for the whole season. Yeah. So there's no, or I not no, but because there are some new players that we're bringing into the mix, not on his line, but it's, it's a little bit less of a culture shock of a transition. There's a little bit of job security. He's playing with players that he ended the season playing with. And he just looked light, he looked fun, like he was having fun, he was having a good time. And so I do think that there are some expectations for what effectively has been lining up as our third line. And mm-hmm. similar to what I was saying about our th- third kind of fourth line, but the Sprong, Geeky, and uh Ryan Donato line, and they kind of jumped around depending on what was happening. I think that we're going to see some pretty heavy productivity from that third line. And I think that opens things up for Eberly, Beniers, and McCann. And yeah. so I think that, I mean, Yanni Gord's such a grinder. Ellie Tolvenin, freaking wicked shot. And Bjorkstrand. Yeah. Such great ice vision. He knows how to set up plays very well, and so I really do think that Tolvanen will thrive, um, and that that line will thrive.
0: Okay, you really did give it to us straight, Erica. And look, I think so much, so much of hockey and life is being in the right place at the right time, and it, you know, it just sounds like Ellie Tolvanen has found his right place and his right time. Hopefully, it will not cost the Nashville Predators tonight, but bless him and all his other 80 endeavors (laughs) as he goes forward. (laughs) So coming up, Erica is going to turn the table. She's got some questions about a very different looking Nashville Predators roster. We're going to talk about that coming up here in just one moment.
1: But of course, first, we want to tell you about FanDuel. Now, we know that the NHL season is upon us, NFL season, and the NBA coming up. And FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and for good reason, because right now, new customers will get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed bonus bets. When you place a $5 bet, $200 in bonus bets, win or lose when you make a bet of at least five dollars now we're talking you can do spreads player props over unders i have loved keeping Uh, tabs on the over-unders as I'm covering the WNBA finals. And of course, you can also do future bets, which over on Locked on Kraken in particular, in the lead up to the Calder Award, uh, which of course went to Maddie Beneers, we were definitely watching those future bets on FanDuel. So visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to kick off the season. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League.
0: All right, Erica, we are going to jump in and talk some Nashville Predators. A lot is very different. Not just we're, we are not just Ellie tolvin list tolvin <laughs> this season. There's all kinds of other stuff going on. So if you have questions, I've got one game. We've got one game under our belt. We've got maybe some answers. Let's see that <laughs> you-
1: <laughs> All right. Well, similarly, because the last time we had our Squadcast Squidcast, we were again talking about the American Hockey League and we were talking about some of the young guns. I love the name Evangelista. Just like I love that. Such a good name. But uh, we were talking about how the Nashville Predators were kind of in a position where from the outside looking in, it was like, how are we going to maneuver some of maybe these more seasoned players? maybe make some space for the young guns. And then of course there were some moves. We did not have many in the off season, but the predators did. So what's the state of the franchise? I know you've already had one game, but like, what was the state of the franchise coming into this season with finding that good balance of young blood, but also Mm -hmm. enough experience to really be competitive.
0: Yeah, it was a really hot kind of topic here among the National Predators fan base, because at the end of last season, it really was going to be this youth movement. We were going to focus on these young players like Cody Glass, like Luke Evangelista, Yuso uh, <laughs> uh Tommy Novak. We had these young players that we haven't seen as much in the NHL. And then new general manager Barry Trotz went out and signed these veterans, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, and Gustav Nyquist. And so it kind of left this question of, are you really making space to develop these young players that you've been talking about? And so it's been a very interesting training camp of watching how that balance and how that mix is coming together, because what we're seeing is we're seeing the veterans come in and they're taking a leadership role, like uh, Ryan O'Reilly named an alternate captain. Um, We have Ryan McDonough, another alternate captain. So we've got this veteran presence in the locker room and on the ice, but they've also opened up spots for these younger players. So and you so is he was a seventh round seventh round draft pick y'all in 2019. He is playing right now on the top line with Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg. So they're kind of mixing these guys in. Um, they're finding places even on the power play. Tommy Novak is on the first power play unit. So they're is opportunity for these young players to get some experience and to grow, but they're definitely letting them do that in a controlled environment with a lot of veteran presence as well. So it's a little bit of a balance. It's not as hundred percent youth movement as we thought it would be, but it seems to be working pretty well through training camp and one game in that we lost. So it's not about (laughs) wins or losses as I measured this. (laughs)
1: I I love that. And I appreciate you offering that because again, it was something that we talked about. But as you were speaking, I was reminded that another thing that we talked about, and I think this was when we, we had the trio. So I think Nick was with us, but there was something that y'all are saying. And it was like, mark our words. If there, is a tr- if there is movement at the GM and or coaching level, it likely had a lot to do with El- Ellie Tolvanen walking out the door and going to Seattle for free. So since yes. Ellie Tolvanen is uh, of mutual interest, how did, if at all, do you think that the-, the Tolvanen maybe mismanagement played a role into who are some of the new uh, leadership roles, new to the Predators, I should say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. You know, you know what? It's so funny. Looking back, I think that the Ellie Tolvenin situation was a little bit that, you know, when you line up the dominoes, it was the first domino that started a chain reaction, you know, and, and that was the Ellie Tolvenin move. You know, you, you place him on waivers and say, well, we thought he would get through. Are you nuts? Now, granted, he made it a little ways before y'all got there, but this is a player with a ton of potential, and I think the feeling was, why couldn't you make this fit? And, and again, a lot of it is right place, right time. But the situation was not an ideal situation. How much of that is on Ellie Tolvanen and how much of that was on the coaching staff? I'm not sure. So much here in Nashville has changed. And I really feel like the Ellie Tolvanen move was one of those dominoes that kind of moved things in a different direction. The style of play that the Nashville Predators are learning and trying to execute under Andrew Brunette is Ellie Tolvanen style of play. It is fast. It is north-south. It is quick transition. It is shoot the dang and so it's it's a tough pill to swallow. He it there he didn't jive. It didn't jive. I want to be careful not to say that Ellie Tolbin didn't jive. It didn't jive the way that it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the way things are now, I think that that there is a lot of regret because I think now under Andrew Brunette and with these younger players and with a completely new system. This would have been a place where Ellie Tolbinin could have thrived in his style of play, but you know, God go with him every day, but tonight. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> should have, could have, would as as they say, yeah. sex in the city. Um, you know, I think that's really interesting because uh, we mentioned him and, you know, I want only good things for Ryan Donato. I mean, honestly, even when he's playing against Seattle, I don't care. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you know, he's, I don't know, just on the line with Connor Bedard. <laughs> you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing. Oh, that's not, first, not bad. Has the first not goal bad. for the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, you're doing amazing. Four unanswered goals started by Ryan Donato assisted by Bedard and Vlasic. You're doing amazing, sweetie. So, I mean, I feel that. And again, it's it's Donato. Geeky. I was never super sold on Geeky, but I understand statistically his role for the Kraken. Mm -hmm. Just with Boston. And then Daniel Sprung, he got a nice little package for himself in Detroit. But what the difference is, especially with Sprung, I didn't agree with Definitely didn't agree with Donato because he has that, as he once said, that piss and vinegar. He scored a goal yeah. the other night by being just pe- peppering, being in, in the crease, like just, just, just being like a, a menace, a nuisance. Yeah. And I sometimes feel like that physical game, not just like throwing elbows and dumping people's faces into the glass for no reason. He had that. And I don't know that the Seattle Kraken really have that without him. Um, if anything, we needed more. So I completely understand that. I we, we have not made any changes at the top. In fact, we've extended uh, Ronnie Francis and Dave Haxtell, which I do think was the right choice. And I feel like I've mentioned it a few times that our conservative kind of way of maneuvering has been how we've built up to season three but now it's kind of like you know are we gonna are we gonna do this or not <laughs> so yeah. i'm really curious i'm very curious to see how it all plays out okay i might be a little biased because as i already said goaltending i'm like always anxious about goaltending really because I feel like it's an extension of how well or lack thereof our defense is arranged, but what's the goaltending vibe and situation? Because I feel like the predators have been on a ride in the last year or so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are there, there are very few things I can say for certain about the Nashville predators because it's just, everything is different. New general manager, new head coach, new system, new roster. The one Stable thing the National Predators have is UC Soros in net. And UC Saros is such a difference maker, not just right now, but for the direction of the team, because Barry Trotz is very clear. This is a reset. It is not a rebuild. Linguistics matter to them. But I think having UC Soros in net really does change the time frame of how soon can this Nashville Predators team get back into playoff contention because UC mm. Soros can keep teams in games. We saw it in the first game. I mean, Tampa Bay had 12 goals or 12 shots on net in the first period. Nashville had two who, who made that a one nothing game going in intermission. It's UC Soros. So I think he buys some time for this team to learn a new system, to embrace a new system for these young players to develop. UC Saros is a workhorse. He actually does better with more work. Uh, we have a fantastic backup in Kevin Lankinen. It's almost a shame because I'm like, you know, give Lanky some time. Like he is so good. Give him some time. He has earned it. But I think in Nashville, we are going to see, you know, 60, 65 games of UC Soros and just a smidge of Kevin Lankinen, And then do we have the coolest like prospect goaltender, Yaroslav Askarov? You probably saw him with the Coachella Valley. Well, he only played a little bit against Coachella Valley with the Milwaukee Admirals. But we've got him cooking in the AHL. He is a lot of fun. He is stress-inducing. I take a lot of tums when I watch him. But goaltending is the one area where Nashville is walking confident.
1: I love that for y'all. I really do. And
0: one day... Seattle will be there as well. <laughs> I know. It was good. When everything else is chaos, we got UC Sorrows. And here's
1: the thing because I do feel that Philip Grubauer sometimes gets uh, unwarranted kind of negative vibes and attention. Again, I do think it comes more from. He's, I wouldn't call Philip Grubauer a workhorse, not from what I've seen, at least. I know that he's had a career, obviously, before the Seattle Kraken, but to me, he's not going to bail out mistakes and that make, that means, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Like everyone should, how many millions of dollars are y'all getting paid? Or I guess hundreds of thousands for some, but how much are y'all getting paid? Um, You need to do your job. And I feel like Philip Grubauer would never say this publicly, but he gives off that vibe of like, I did my job. I'm gonna need other people to do their job. And I'm not, he's not wrong. Yeah.
0: He's yep. Wrong.
1: Yeah. He's I get not that. wrong. And so I think we are going to see him in net. So I'm very curious. Uh, it sounds like we're probably going to see UC Soros. It'll be Soros. Uh, it will be Soros. I mean, we're only two games. Let's not shake it up right away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It'll be Soros. It's a home. It's a first home game against against the Seattle Kraken and Ellie Tolvanen in Bridgestone Arena. It will be UC Soros, short of him it- being kidnapped. <laughs> Oh, let's not do that. Let's not do yeah, that. Well, when
1: we come back, I would love to hear a little bit about what you're thinking because I know it, it has gone down in in history that the Seattle Kraken on their their first uh, first ever endeavor got their first win
0: in yeah. uh, in Nashville.
1: So are we gonna get there a repeat goes. of that? I don't know, but uh, let's talk about it. But first, uh, we have a little partner of the Locked On
0: Network that we want to talk about we do. This episode is brought to you by our great friends with the Sleeper app. The NHL season is finally here. Hallelujah. And Nashville Predators fans are wondering what to expect from a very different looking team. If you are playing fantasy hockey and you want all the inside information on Tommy Novak or Heaven Help Us, Ellie Tolvanen, you need to check out the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it's my Go to for fantasy sports especially when it comes to fantasy hockey if you like to talk hockey you can join with other predators or Krakens fans to talk about what the team is doing get some opinions on your fantasy team they have team chat on sleeper and with sleeper you can win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy just pick more or less on stats for your favorite preds player On Any stat, things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus. That's right. You can get 100 times the payout on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks in right away to win big. The app is so easy to use and your entries can be made in under a minute. So Download the Sleeper app and use our promo code NHL, and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That is the Sleeper app, promo code NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, all right. Well, we are not
1: going to want to sleep on this matchup here. Ah,
0: Between
1: go. the Kraken on the road and the Nashville Predators, Um, okay. Kind of alluded to it, but, uh, we did spoil the party once in our inaugural season, (laughs) but also, I mean, the Seattle Kraken have also dropped a game and Nashville has already tripled our, uh, goal output (laughs) in just the one game. We just had the one, it was just, it was just Jared McCann. So I played this little game, uh, Mm -hmm. where I have, these fun little buttons that I got at preseason. Here's a group Those who may not know, it was a German gentleman. Uh, I love, love that. So in a minute, I'm going to pick, there's only a few There's only a few players in here, but I, we're just having fun with it. I'm going to mm-hmm. let this little baggie decide who the player of the match is going to be for Seattle. But before I do that, and who do you think will be the player of the match? And is it can be who you think will
0: be or who you think needs to be the player mm-hmm. to step it up, get the dub at home. Yeah, I think those can be two different things. The player that I think it needs to be is Philip Forsberg. Barry Trotz Mm -hmm. really built this team saying that Philip Forsberg is the backbone of our offense. And he and Ryan O'Reilly, they are cooking some magic together. There is some chemistry there. They are playing with young Yuso Parsonen. Also, a little bit of a fun line, but I would love to see Philip Forsberg really take the lead uh, offensively for this team, and you know, a goal, maybe two, a hat trick—I don't know—but Philip Forsberg is who needs to do it. just kind of take things over tonight, Bridgestone Arena for me. Now, reach into your magic bag of goodies and 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 tell me—I can't stand it. <laughs> don't, let it know, is- don't let it be Ellie Tolvenin. Don't let it be Ellie I will tell you,
1: Ellie's not in here right now. It's, it's okay. still early. in um okay so for game one i pulled maddie benears maddie b wow. let's see who we get which I always love talking about him okay i have the button in my hand let's see who we've got oh my goodness it's maddie benears again that's so wild <laughs> i tell you okay locked on kraken fans know there's two of each uh grubauer McCann and Beniers. So this means that this is the two of two of Maddie Beniers. So there, there, were, there was a higher chance that I would pick someone else and I still picked Maddie B, which is just fine by me because I love this guy right here. We actually had a lot of shots on goal in our first game and the first one, if I remember correctly, I mean, you know, who knows how they do the stats, but I would have credited our first shot on goal to this guy right here. So much conversation about if he can match his output from his rookie of the year, Campaign mm-hmm. last year, which I'm like, if you listen to the podcast, you know that Maddie Beneers he learns on the fly, he absorbs so much. He so has such a high IQ that I never worry about him and he's always impacting the game. So I love this. But just as I did in game one, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, my probably real answer is that it's gonna be the Gord line, which of course includes yeah. Ellie Tolkien. I think they are going to, especially early on in this season, we will go. The Seattle Kraken will go as that line goes. Ellie Tolvanen, Jan Gord, and Oliver Bjorkstrand. And on subtext, I had an interview with Bjorkstrand, and he knows that he's kind of like a slow starter sometimes in the season, but that was kind of extended a little coming to a new team in the seattle kraken so he's really excited and energized to make an impact earlier on so those are those are my thoughts the 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 little sachet that i have here has picked maddie b uh, but also keep an eye on that third line for us
0: <laughs> i just have to tell you as an aside nick and i got to work the red carpet at the nhl awards and we got to talk to Maddie Beniers. So freaking precious. He's so precious. What a, what a, what a just wonderful first impression from that young man. Now I would like him to kind of keep his goal scoring in his pocket tomorrow, you know, tonight, but Maddie Beniers is just, he is totes adorbs, totes adorbs. So so adorbs. And I I feel like you do need to have that
1: conversation with him about musical theater. I'm I'm ready for it. I'm subscribing. I'm reading. I'm listening multiple times over. Um, And I forgot. I forgot we also have Andre Burakovsky in the bag. But we didn't pick Andre. We didn't get McCann or uh, Philip this time around. We went with Maddie B. We went with Maddie B.
0: So. All right. So we have each, each of our teams have had one game under their belt, each of them a loss. What is the Seattle Kraken going to improve upon in this game tonight against the National Predators? What's going to be their big improvement?
1: Well, I personally would like to say special teams, although Dave Haxtell might disagree. We kind of <laughs> talked about that offline. He's been very defensive about the power play. The power play was 0 for 4 in our first game and wasn't really that great in preseason. The penalty kill better. We were four for four, so we did not give up anything, but we also had a five minute um major or so we had five minutes on the on the power play in that first game, really hoping that Brandon Tanev is okay. Actually, we might see someone come up. Well, actually, what I think is gonna happen is that we'll see Ty Cartier slide in, um mm-hmm. and then Tyler Yamamoto probably stay on that fourth line. But I really do think, despite what Dave Hacks was saying early, that we need to focus. We need to be practicing. And I've been saying this for over a year. We need to be practicing special teams because those opportunities are too great and too big for a team like us that in two seasons has had way too many one-goal losses or goal or games where maybe we lost by two or three goals and just like game one where we get it, we let in an empty netter. So I really do want us to to refine special teams. And I don't know how much we're gonna be able to do that from game one to game two, but that to me is gonna be a massive factor in this game. And and I do think that the Seattle Kraken
0: really have to ramp it up on the power play in particular. Mm. Well, one of the things that I know the Nashville Predators need to do better is to stay out of the penalty box. I always say there are no snacks in the sin bin. They kept checking against the Tampa Bay Lightning just to make sure. So, you know, I know you want to work on the power play, but I would really like for you to not get that opportunity. Let's keep out of the penalty box, Nashville. The other thing the Predators have to do that the Seattle Kraken do really well is is the Predators have to come out and play right away. They kind of eased Mm -hmm. their way, jittered their way into the first period against Tampa Bay. That is not something that the Seattle Kraken will allow. The Seattle Kraken hit that ice running, and they don't stop until the final buzzer. So I know Nashville is going to have to really hit the ground running right from first puck drop against the Kraken. Y'all are scary.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, you know, we certainly can be. We can also be scary in what we don't execute. (laughs) You know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, it is October spooky season.
0: So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So last question. Give me your final guess, final score. Mm -hmm. Who's going to win it by how many goals? What do you have?
1: Okay. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to get a four, two score line here. And I think if Ty Cartier is in the lineup, that's going to be a 4-2 win for the Seattle Kraken. I was a little bit surprised that he wasn't in the lineup, but... Dave Hackstall wanted more on special teams. So Kyler Yamamoto, who had a great preseason, was in. But I think Ty Cartier just gives us something really electric and that we need that offensively. So I'm going 4-2 in favor of the Seattle Kraken. If we don't see Cartier, I think it's up in the air and maybe 4-2 the other way.
0: Yeah. So funny that you say 4-2 because I actually was thinking 4-2 as well. Hopefully, I I think the Nashville Predators, if they can bounce back, if they can do what they know they need to do right out of the gate, I also think it will make a difference that they're playing at Bridgestone Arena, which I know it didn't in that other time. You know, we gave you that like first win, you're welcome. Hospitality in the South and all that. But I do think first game in Bridgestone Arena for players like Ryan O'Reilly, Gustav Nyquist, um, Luke Shen, I think Think the environment is going to fuel that. I'm going to go Nashville Predators for two, but I think this is going to be, a. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a real good game.
1: Yeah, I think so. And hopefully for both our sakes, because, you know, I always want to see Nashville do well. I mean, you and Nick also, but I mean, we squad cast a lot and there's just like a little special place in my, in my heart for Nashville. So I know. I just want to, I just, you know, I just want to see everyone compete really well. I mean, I know, sounding hella stereotypical, but honestly, a good game is what I want to see. It's super early in the season, but these are two teams where we do internally have a lot that we want to prove. There's been enough change where we can kind of exercise some of those demons from last season, but there's also enough. Uh, stability and carryover where we can continue on with our respective cultures.
0: And so I think that can make for a really fun game. I think it's going to be great. Erica, tell everyone where they can find the podcast and where they can find you. Well, you can find
1: Locked On Kraken anywhere you listen to audio podcasts, including the Sirius XM app where you just search for your little locked on predators or Kraken and you'll find us there. And of course, you can find us on YouTube as well. I don't know, Elon Musk is kind of playing around with my personal account right now, but you can find the show at Locked On Kraken. No spaces, all all spelled out for (laughs) ya.
0: And you can find Locked On Predators on, we call it Twitter X because I can't quite get there with the X. That's just how I feel <laughs> at L O underscore predators. You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on ice Erica. You know, it is always nothing short of a fat joy to get to hang out with you. And we will see what happens tonight. Kraken Predators tonight, Bridgestone Arena, seven o'clock. We'll see everybody there and we will see everybody back tomorrow on our respective podcast to break down the game. We'll see you then.